Hello, Robbie. Uh, yeah, good evening. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, juggling a lot of different things, but uh, only at the moment. It's actually been a relatively quiet day. Good. Ah, so it's good. I'm, I'm, I've been anxious about a lot of things, and kind of a lot of them got resolved to where life is in some ways simpler and that there's fewer things I have control over. Huh. So I decided I was going to... Um, actually, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, like, what is this thing that we individually most need from God, and how do we help each other get there, if that makes sense? What is the thing that we each most need from God, and how do we help each other get there? Yeah, because I've been thinking about a lot of projects and things to do and how to fix various things out in the world, but I'm thinking, you know, it's good to be aware of that, but maybe that's a distraction, or at least it's a clue, but if I focus on that, I miss the bigger picture of what God's trying to do with me, if that makes sense. Uh-huh, Yeah. Well, what comes to my mind is that, uh, at least in my case, I believe God is wanting me to rest in him and somehow uh, gain uh, release or victory over this feeling that everything depends on me, that I need to make things happen, that uh, um, my perception of what needs to happen is... Uh, correct, and the, my sense of timing is correct uh, because often they're not, and uh, that uh, entering into that rest is the uh, lesson for the day, and uh, probably the lesson of the last several years for me, I think. So, the observation I have is like that's an important lesson but it doesn't seem to stick, which implies that maybe there's some nuance we're missing. It, it doesn't fit in the sense of it's not the right solution or it doesn't fit in that I don't seem to succeed in it. Well, I mean, yeah, like you've been saying something similar for the last few years. It doesn't seem to stick. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I agree that resting is good, but is that the right goal or is there some nuance there that maybe it's worth exploring? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an excellent question. I mean, call me crazy, but why not look at what scripture says? You're crazy. Okay. Thank you. Have you asked me to do? Uh, well, that's I the first half. Call yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate uh, yeah, that. I know. I, uh, I always I feel better totally when people agree. say that to my face than when I worry what they're, whether they're thinking that. Oh, well, I wouldn't even think told me to do it. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I think looking at scripture is uh, the key thing. All right. So, where do you want to start? Uh, well, that came to mind when we were talking about rest was Hebrews 
Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Okay, I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Yep. All right. Yep. Oops. Yeah. my computer, apply up the scripture. Uh, so it's Hebrews 4, not 13. <laughs> um, I'll go back a little bit. Uh, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, this is verse 1, uh, entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. But we also have had the good news proclaimed to us that they did, that the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed or believed. Now we have believed. Enter that rest. Just as God has said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in that passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience or lack of faith, God again set a certain day calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke to David as in the passage already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And this famous verse, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates 
even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Which didn't you see coming? The, the, like, you know, the, the, the verse about, you know, the word of God is living and active. Uh-huh. Like all the bit about entering into rest and trusting God's rest or whatever, that was kind of flowing naturally. And could you do the two verses right before that verse? Because so I can see if I can catch the transition this time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disbelief or disobedience. Translation. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Wow. That feels profound somehow, though I'm not quite sure how. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we could take a minute and do a flow. The, are you, you're walking or you don't have this in front of you, right? I'm driving, so I can't write, but I can ponder and then share. Sure, yep. All right. Let me know when you're ready. Um, yeah. Maybe I, I should start because so, I don't have anything written down. My memory will fade faster. Yeah, please. Yeah, go for it. All right. So I feel, uh, I guess, grave. Like, this seems like a really, really big deal and really important. Like, the sort of learn this so you'll spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling some gravity to the situation. I feel oddly excited for reasons I cannot easily articulate, um, uh-huh. possibly because maybe we're close to something significant, or maybe there's just something else in the passage. Right. I feel uh, um, so. I I really uh, I observe this paradoxical phrase of make every every make every effort to enter God's rest. Yeah. Uh, um, and 
I like this idea of productive rest. Like there's a way to rest that accomplishes uh, important things that can't be accomplished by mere effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but there's something there I like. Uh, yeah. And then I, I still wonder about this connection between uh, entering the God's rest and God's word being this, you know, x-ray slash uh, scalpel kind of thing. Like, it does feel like there's something about uh, teasing apart uh, indivisibles that seems like it has some connection to the right kind of rest. Mm-hmm. But, and it feels like it's really, really important, even though I cannot see any obvious connection. Mm-hmm. Use the phrase teasing apart, but uh, for me, the imagery of a sword that divides is <laughs> a little different from teasing apart. Uh, yeah. Um, although I guess the surgeon scalpel is kind of in between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know um, if I'm even working in the right metaphorical space. But that's my flow, pitching it to you. Yeah. Well, I've, um, <laughs> as you know, I've had a, a day of gut wrenching uh, uh, food poisoning. <laughs> uh, I'm, my brain doesn't feel like it's uh, really tracking with what we're trying to do here very well. So I, I didn't feel like I had much, but I could free flow and see if uh, anything. Or maybe you could just give me your gut reaction. Yeah. Well, um, just that I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm processing things at a tenth the normal speed or less. So um, I felt like I'd barely gotten started when uh, you were ready. Um, okay. uh, I, I started even asking my started barely started asking myself these questions. My mind is just uh, kind of floating. It's an interesting experience. Um, the uh, uh, we you asked earlier by text what uh, the core. Well, if I had a label for what's uh, what needs healing in me, and um, I. Um, I I feel like it has something to do with this that I, I work from my senses of what looks to me like needs to happen, um, and I'm not in the rest of. I mean, I've said this. I I I believe that I articulate it, um, but it's at an intellectual rather than a and practical uh and the the this that I've said is that um i my timing my my sense of the best outcome is not necessarily what God thinks is the best outcome. My sense of the best timing is not necessarily God's sense of the best timing, and um that but i I haven't made the transition I don't feel like to actually living in that rest so that God knows what he's up to 
and that I can trust him to prompt me um, when there is something and to slow me down and uh, so that I'm able to let go of things that just seem to me like they need to get done. Um, are you, is this coherent? <laughs> is this, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I think we've discussed versions of this. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that the, the, um, um, well, let me go yeah, ahead. So keep, sorry, keep going. I, I'm able to follow more or less. Yeah, so trying to frame that in the flow. I think I feel some anticipation that there is something there that I can see but haven't yet grasped um, mm. or experienced. Uh, so there's a, that feeling. Um, I like this idea of being able to rest and uh, live in the abundance of God's kingdom and trust that uh, I don't have to figure everything out and make everything happen and, uh, you know, overextend myself constantly at the, to the strain of household relationships or whatever. Uh, I like that prospect that's out there, but I'm not there yet. Um, so, you know, I've observed um, <clears throat> the moderation that pops up as I'm glancing at the screen is that uh, God is calling this today. I didn't miss the chance. It wasn't yesterday. It's not something that has to wait for tomorrow. Uh, this is the today. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Um, and I can enter into that rest today by God's grace. And I mm. think I have some degree in a forced way. Uh, I have, <laughs> I you you, you spent a lot of time point. in the rest room, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just I couldn't even stay awake. I was taking vitamin C every five minutes with a timer, and I would doze off between each dose <laughs> every five minutes. And I had a box to get in the mail that I'd already, you know, registered with the post office to do a pickup. Um, it took me two hours, what normally takes 20 minutes, to uh, push myself. So, um, I, it was a it was a rest filled day, but not the kind that I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't think. But it was it was yeah. an experience of having being forced to let go of things I felt responsible for and put them in the Lord's hands. So take a long nap and uh, so uh, okay to observe and then wonder. Um, I wonder what I am. What holds me back from resting in God this way? What is it that uh, drives me to um, try and make things happen that seem to me like they would be good in the timing that I think would be good? Um, uh, why does that drive me so hard? And how can I uh, let go of that and be uh, at rest, walking by faith, not by my sight? Um, Cleaning that on my own understanding, etc. So those, yeah, I think that wasn't as incoherent as I feared. Yeah, no, that's quite good. Yeah, I think the interesting question is: you have made progress on the discipline of entering into rest, or at least a certain kind of rest. 
right, mm-hmm. of just spending time just so what we would call soaking, right, of just being at peace, not worrying about things to get done, not worrying about the family, just staying, being, just being in a place of rest, right? Well, except it keeps drying up, and I keep planning myself back in the place of trying to catch up uh, in a pattern that has never worked and probably never will work, uh, trying to the same approach to fixing the problem. So, um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I bounce back and forth, I would say. Right. No, so, but I think, like I said, like you, you are able to enter into a place of rest, but I think you said it dries up quickly. Yeah, I didn't use the word quickly, but uh, it, it it'll go for you know sometimes go for a week or two, I guess. Okay. Um, but that new things creep in, and I'm trying to squeeze them in, and getting up early and staying up late, eating the bread and anxious store up. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the interesting question: is what is the the trigger uh, or the signal, maybe more more neutrally, that tells your your brain or your soul or something that, um, and I, this is not a value judgment. It's just trying to understand what are the things yeah, that, yeah. that make you feel like you need to stop resting and start doing. Yeah. Um. So one is the awareness of external events, the Lausanne gathering in September that will be the 50th anniversary since the Unreached Peoples, or the uh, People Group concept was introduced by Ralph Winter, and uh, we've made more progress in the last 50 years than the previous 19th century, uh, yeah, last half century than the previous 19th century in terms of percent reduction of what remained to be done. And uh, I imagine myself as the only person in the world that sees that. Um, uh, uh, Even Becky, when I present it to her, and she says, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, And so there are things like that after, you know, 45 years of peering into what God is doing and what's working, what isn't working, that... um, I have this perception, probably arrogant or wrong, that uh, um, I'm seeing something that others would benefit from seeing and that aren't, they aren't seeing, and that the feeling of compulsion to make that available, because it was that awareness, I think, that triggered or tipped uh, this ex- huge acceleration in the last half century. Um, so that's so just, one. Just one sorry, okay, keep going. Uh, yeah, so that's that's one piece. Another is uh, I, you know, research uh, different things that are relevant to how we can be a blessing to households and families, particularly among the people group where the gospel hasn't yet taken root. And uh, <laughs> when I run across somebody who is open and interested in learning from that, um, I it generally triggers further wonderings that I have, which I then take time I don't have to research and to distill to um, serve whoever it was that had that question. So I've had a couple bouts of that uh, over the last week, um, one around molecular medicine and the other around uh, permaculture food generation. Interesting. 
so these these consume you know these set these these consume uh time you know and yeah i i often think of jesus who served whoever came to him you know he he found out what they wanted and tried to help them or help them really uh that's my impression from the many people that came to him for healing uh not the pharisees but uh uh i'm very interested in your reaction really (laughs) so uh, what, what, what? Repeat what I said. Uh, no, he, said he, he served everybody who came to him. Maybe uh, are you objecting to the word "serve"? Uh, healed is. But I mean, okay. There, there's some more behind that, but that's what I heard you say, which is what you said, right? Yeah. 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 Um. The, the like certainly when he's encountering someone and people come up to him, he all, he is fully present with them, and he uh, you know ministers them. On the other hand, we also have lots of examples of him sending the crowds away and going off by himself. Right? Is yeah. There, there's an interesting yeah. I don't hate enough on that. Uh, I just have this uh, vague sense of that interruptions I need to receive is from the Lord. And uh, mm. I think that's, that's a key that's a piece of this uh, that I need to spend more time reflecting on. So that's very, very helpful. And, yeah. I had some observations, but I want to make sure you finished. Uh, well, uh, I've forgotten that. Uh, I did have a things, things that tend to trigger your bursts uh, uh, of activity that end up eroding your sense of rest was the topic. Yeah. Well, the, the observation when I was going to the scripture was calling it today that uh, today I have a fresh opportunity to uh, be rewired or re, uh, you know, have my mind transformed. Um, and I think this is, this is getting down to it. Key point that uh, um, uh, Jesus did not let him be himself be deterred from the mission that God had gave him, given him. Um, uh, he was present for those that the Father spoke to him about, or, you know, where, where he saw his Father doing, or what he heard his Father saying. But uh, he didn't feel compelled, as you were just pointing out, to go with the crowds uh, with what they wanted him to do. Or... So I think that is that is a part of my dysfunction is latching on to um, imbalanced, one-sided uh, perspective of what Jesus was, how Jesus followed the Father. Mm. Yeah, I've been thinking about that verse. Let me see what the father's doing. That might be worth a devotional sometime. Yeah. Is this a good time for me to share some observations? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one thing I noticed, uh, there's two things I noticed in parallel. One was that most of the examples you gave involved information, sharing information Mm -hmm. for people or looking up new information. 
Yeah. Uh, which is a very left brain, weird sort of thing. Um, the second thing I noticed is that I had information I wanted to interject into your sharing, and it was quite a bit of effort for me to keep my peace and not interrupt you to share information uh, about your right? uh, addiction to sharing information, which is uh, right. there may be something there. Um, and I, what that made me I think, think I, of. I think I attract friends who share the same addiction. Yeah, and, and what was interesting is it made me think about this thing about the Word of God uh -huh. and this, uh, you know, dividing soul from spirit and kind of like what you were saying about like, huh, yeah, yeah, certainly God was emotionally present for people, but he wasn't doing it in a way where he was at their will that made them lose sight right. of his mission. Yeah, right. And yeah. and I think there is this uh and maybe that's a, a good uh way to formulate my concern is there's uh -huh. a way of being at peace with myself where my soul and spirit are all mixed up. Uh, -huh. uh and like things that protect myself get mixed up with things that pursue God. And that right. the idea of encountering the word of a God, the word of God in a way that slices through, uh, I was watching this medical drama where they says you need a hand surgeon because you have to cut off the infection in your hand without damaging any of the nerves, tendons, or capillaries. All right. And I love that picture of the, 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 the word of God, unlike my words, which are very blunt, crude instruments, right. can excise the things that are holding people back from fulfilling God's mission without removing any, like there's a, I don't know if this is a vision or a fictional story I read somewhere about a sword that only cuts through dead tissue, but will never hurt anything that's alive. Huh. Okay. You know, the idea is that it can slice off every bit that is dead, you know, that is not filled with the spirit, but, but harms nothing that is alive. Right, right. You know, and that idea of our flesh is um, addicted to serving itself and protecting itself, especially under religious guise. Mm -hmm. And and yet there's a lot of, you know, good motives and useful activity that's bound up in that. And it takes the sword of the spirit to disentangle or cleave uh, those things. Right. Did you read the verse before the, the one about the sword of the spirit again? I feel like there's something there that I missed. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience or disbelief. It depends on what translation. Uh, for the word of God is active, alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judges 
the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Ooh, ooh. That might be the money quote there because it's the, it's the attitudes of the heart that God, I think, cares the most about. Maybe not only about that, but it certainly, and, but you know, in, but was David for all of his flaws had a heart after God, right? Or a man right. after God's own heart. Uh-huh. And I always read that as like a man who represented what was on God's heart or mirrored God's heart. But now I'm starting to think maybe that's someone who hungered for intimacy with God's heart. Uh-huh. Uh, man, I don't know what the propositions are, but th- there's definitely this this idea of relational intimacy. Yeah. That is sort of the opposite of left brain analysis and words. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm getting close to the end of my trip and my son will be here in, I don't know, somewhere between three and 15 minutes. Do you have to run soon? Or? Uh, no, I'm, I have nothing um, that I have to head off for. Okay, okay. I mean, uh, an anecdote, I guess, if I might share that, which yeah. is that yeah. this Tuesday morning group that I've met with that you joined us for once, and I had a right. proposal that I thought was an important direction for the group to consider, and mm-hmm. I couldn't share it with the leader ahead of time yesterday, and I... Um, you know, was trying to find a time to to share it during the meeting. But what happened was the, um, like they gave me the floor for a minute, but I just did a 30 second summary and then turned it back to somebody else. And it turned out that there was something uh, profound that happened, which shifted my assumptions of what was going on and what needed to be done. In some ways it validated the concept, but significantly changed the ask. And the thing that I realized with that is that, okay, it was really important that I have a vision of what needs to be done, but it was equally important that I didn't try to make that happen by my own strength and power. Right. It was is this idea of like, yes, I have this responsibility, and there are things I need to do, one, to just enter into a place of rest. And I think maybe that's the, maybe that's the thing is, I guess there's there's three things. One is like there are certain things that I need to do. I need to brush my teeth. I need mm-hmm. to eat and ideally healthy food that will not, you know, cause me to spend time visiting the praying to the porcelain god, as we used to say. Right. Uh, um, and so there are things with within my domain that I need to yeah. do. But then there are things in God's domain that I need to carry without forcing. Mm-hmm. And, and the thought that I've been wrestling with for a while is, okay, what does it mean to rest? Actually, my friend Rich gave me this when I met him for lunch. Or actually, I didn't meet him for lunch. He sent a verse in his stead uh, when I was meeting with a different friend, which was this idea of entering into God's rest. And the question I asked him is like, okay, God rested on the sixth day, after the sixth day, but clearly he still did things after that. 
like we see him calling Abraham. You know, we right. see him speaking to Moses. We see and it's like, huh? Well, it, my my hypothesis or my working model is that well, God still calls people out or up yeah. to do things. He uh, responds to people uh, when they ask him. Sometimes, depending if he judges them, you know, worthy of hearing the answer. Jesus is also yeah. very famous for not answering questions. Right. Right. Um, and, yes. but also God set up a world and systems that we could explore and get to know him. So I've been thinking a lot right. about this in my day job uh, as an engineering manager is, okay, how do I call, how do I sort of call people up to different challenges and support them, but then just leave space for them to grow and work and fail and learn on their own in a way right. that leads to the optimal relationship to me, right? If I just ignore them, that's not good. But if I micromanage them, that's not good. There is this way of relating to the work that needs to get done that I'm not terribly good at, but at least I'm starting to understand the dimensions that lead to success and failure in God's eyes, which I think, as I often said, like, okay, if we're doing the things that make God happy, the work will get done, the business will be fine. Uh -huh. And there's something there that is akin to rest. Maybe it's not quite there, but it feels close, right? This idea yeah. of sitting there and holding the tension and wanting the right thing to happen but not being confident that I know what that is right. and learning to hear the spirit say, wait, when my soul says, Act. like when I wanted to interrupt you while you were sharing, right? Like there's something there. One thing that's running uh, through my mind is the, the context, you know, there is a day for entering into his rest. He's talking about the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, unable to enter the promised land because of their uh, disobedience or disbelief. And uh, that if they had rested in God's strength and trusted his power to bring them into the land, they wouldn't have had the extra 40 years. Um, when they tried in their own strength to go up, uh, you know, after the 12, 10 of the 12 spies were killed. Uh, they said, we've sinned, we'll go up. Uh, and Moses said, you're not listening. Uh, so there's this, uh, I think this is where I am. Well, I, I don't know, but it's a thought for me to explore is where am I trying to make it happen um, without the Lord's uh, power equipping anointing like the people trying to go up into the land outside of God's time. Right. That's good. Yeah. The other picture I had is um, trying to follow straight lines on a map rather than a great circle on a globe. Uh -huh. Is that I okay. see the world in straight lines and I just want to cut across the straight line distance in my two-dimensional view of reality. Okay. Whereas if I knew there was a three-dimensional globe and I knew where the currents were, 
I could just float along the great circle route, which would be shorter and faster. Mm. But, you know, staying in the current, uh, you know, uh, trusting the map rather than my eyes about what the shortest distance between two points really is, like takes right. effort. Yeah. Right. It is hard to hold that tension between the world I see that could be and the world I am actually in now that only God sees. Right. And I think that it is that um, um, and there is a I often say, right, a hard cross leads to an easy yoke, right? There is a place where after you let go of control, where the tension does release and there is a a relaxation and a peace that happens. Um, But the, anyway, I'm probably rambling. I think you had your big epiphany, which was that, 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 that picture of, the Israelites trying to get to the promised land, which was very much the thing God wanted them to do, but yep. they were doing it, yeah. Uh, yeah, not in, not in that rest, according to Hebrews 4 here. They yeah. were not resting, and, they were in, in their strength or whatever. Yeah, and, and it's not like once Joshua led them over that it was all you know milk and honey, right? There were battles, there were wars, yeah. there was a lot of yeah. marching around in circles too. Right. And and this is the idea that if we actually could hear God uh, and distinguish it from the voice of our own flesh or our left brain, you know, addictions or whatever, then the work that we do would be uh, more efficient and effective than our two dimensional brains could imagine. From God's perspective, it might not be more efficient from our perspective. Um, how we how we measure efficiency, but what I found to my professional humiliation is that if I stop trying to do things my way and take God's detours, I end up where mm-hmm. I ultimately wanted to go much faster than I could have imagined. Mm, okay. So in that sense, it's efficient in the terms of. Nothing is wasted in God's trajectory. Yeah. Right? In the sense that, you know, it doesn't get me to point B necessarily faster, but it gets me to point Z astronomically faster. Because, uh-huh. you know, I, I only wanted B so I could get to C, D, and E. Right. And God wants to get me all the way to, you know, L and M. Yeah. And so that that sense of efficiency, and that even the the detours along the way, God gifts me with things that are so much more valuable and powerful than what I was asking for. Yeah, well, I I, I have a concern about the general North American Christian or Western Christian culture that uh, we uh, imagine God's blessing as meaning comfort for us. Uh, mm. And that uh, we evaluate whether we got on the right path by how it turns out for us. When uh, I don't think the scripture really supports that, um, uh, what what happens to us in our closeness to God—that's what's important. 
what happens in our circumstances, Stephen being martyred, for example, is not, uh, uh, you know, anyway, I don't know if that is coherent. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, right. And I think this is the idea of a cross, right? Is right. that the thing that is the most unjust and unpleasant is actually the thing that can bring the most glory to God. Um, yeah. And actually and frees us from the thing that keeps us from union with God. I've been thinking about uh, Jesus' comment in the parable of the sower, the worries and pleasures and pleasures of this life choke out the word and make it unfruitful. And uh, how how much that seems to be fit, to fit a lot of uh, where we are as a culture, as a Western culture, Christian culture. Yes. So anyway, I think you found the speck in Western culture. I think I'll leave you here to ponder where's the beam that we need to, to overcome together because I probably have the same one. All right? Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to run. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for uh, your presence with us, for uh, your blessing on earning, and just ask for your